The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon. And welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, one of the most difficult challenges of any relationship is communication. How do we say what we mean without lashing out or hurting the ones we love the most? Unfortunately, we tend to go to the extremes on this one. We either shut down or we lash out. Neither of those two options work, however, to create the intimacy that a relationship needs to grow. Nancy Dreyfus has come to our aid here with a beautiful book called Talk to Me Like I'm Someone You Love. I love that title. Containing a set of flashcards, literally flashcards, that can say precisely the right thing at precisely the right time. What a beautiful idea. Nancy's a transpersonal psychologist who works with many relationships on this very issue of communication and came up with this idea for her clients. But now we can all benefit from it. So today we're going to be talking about the how-to of communicating at the most difficult times in relationship. But before we do that, let me tell you a little bit about Nancy. She, as I said, is a transpersonal psychologist, a student of Buddhism, a metaphysical teacher, an author whose latest book, Talk to Me Like I'm Someone You Love, could just be a savior to relationships all over the world. Nancy became interested in writing when she was in the fifth grade and started off in journalism, but she changed her path and now has become a psychotherapist for over 25 years, which, of course, in turn led her back to writing, and where she wrote this little beautiful book, Of the book, she says, many of us operate as if we are living in an unfriendly universe. And my hope is that talk to me like I'm someone you love will show you how right in the messiness of life to feel both discomfort and something friendlier in the wings. Stay here for this interview today. It's chock full of relationship wisdom. Hi, Nancy. Welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Hi, Andrea. It's lovely to be here. Well, I just want to, uh, first of all, say uh, it's, uh, we've talked about this uh, sort of behind the curtains, but it's good to, to talk to another transpersonal therapist uh, who works with, the, you know, what's be- beyond just our personal identities and, and brings sort of a spiritual component to the th- therapy practice. So, mm-hmm. good to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, you so, know, um, this isn't what this um, interview is about, but I was trained very psychoanalytically where there was no space for spirituality, and I, I, I had to learn to not necessarily tell the truth to supervisors. So it's a pleasure to me that I can that all pieces of me can be brought to this conversation. Absolutely, I totally can relate to that. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this book is about relationship repair in a flash. So can you tell us a little bit about how you came to write this book and what it means to you? Well, first, I think I'm going to give people a quick flavor of what the book actually is. 
um, it contains 127 what I call flashcards for real life messages to flash to a partner, sometimes a child, right in the middle of an upset. And I, I like to tell people, right when the other person is seeming impossible or possibly you're seeming impossible to the other person. So I'm going to ask everybody listening to imagine what it would be like if they were in what felt like a going nowhere upset or going worse upset. And a partner held up to them a card that said, this feels awful. Can we start again and really listen to each other? I've been so focused on being heard, I didn't see how much sense you're really making. I realize I'm overreacting. Can you give me a minute to get sane again? And two favorites that are almost foolproof. I know I was off, but I'm worried you would rather clobber me than get close again. And an old, a perennial favorite, I feel like a total and complete idiot. And I want you to imagine how quickly, in, in many cases, that could change the energy when it feels like your words are only getting in the way. Um, I think I'm going to share a little about how it came about very quickly. Please. Over, were you, were you going to say something? Yeah, I said please, yes, please do. Okay. Over 20 years ago, as a younger therapist, I was, I was in a couple session with a couple that I think were sent from Central Casting who reminded me very much of my parents. The wife simply screamed at this emotionally battered husband, which was very similar to what I grew up with. And the wife triggered, certainly triggered me because she called the husband asinine, and that was a word my mother used to call my, my father. And I had what's known as a strong countertransference reaction. I stopped being the therapist. I was like a 12-year-old feeling helpless with my combative, my combative mother and my kind of weak father. I didn't know what to do. This is sort of like the discovery of penicillin. It's an accident. I leaned over on a torn piece of paper. I think it was an envelope. And I wrote, talk to me like I'm someone you love. I stage whispered to the husband, hold it up to her. He held it up to her. I watched something in less than a minute. This woman who had seemed um, in a rage, unstoppable, just stopped and said, I guess I haven't been very nice to you. And by the end of the session, I was still a little bit entranced, but they walked out in a friendly space. And I had the thought, what just happened here? What is it that a written message can do? that words couldn't. And I would have to say for over 25 years, I have been studying why the written message would change the energy um, when words might not. And what have you learned? I'm going to tell you. Well, first of all, (laughs) I was hoping you would ask. (laughs) First of all, what happens when there's an upset is that physiologically, what's known as our fight-or-flight response gets activated. And what our fight-or-flight response does, it's a survival mechanism that's scanning for danger. So if we are scanning for danger and this person has become our enemy in a way or a dangerous person, and we don't feel safe with that person, that person could say to you, actually this is one of my favorite flashcards, 
what can I, what, okay, so what can I say that would make you feel understood? And even if the person kind of means it, I'm going to hear the exasperation in their voice. So what occurs is a moment of, I would say, pristinity, that a message from the heart comes across and that the, the meta-message we're giving to our partner is that no matter what we're arguing about, how we're relating to each other and my desire to connect with you has now trumped the argument. And I would say that we are, it is a way to go from crazy to cozy. Anybody who has been in a relationship, and I actually have a recent personal example to share, anybody who's been in a relationship can tell you that you can be in the coziest moment with a partner. And they glance at their cell phone. That's very popular. The, the mood is over. We're supposed to go someplace. We're a little late. You picked off my plate, and I really wanted that last bite. And something very cozy can immediately go to crazy. What happens with a written message is that we can go very, very, very quickly um, from, crazy, from crazy to cozy. I had a personal... The universe, let me backtrack, the universe continues to give me, here in my, my mid-60s, experiences of having to learn how to walk my talk and to take what I'm teaching people out in the world, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming as a co-person that you are with me that, that you might agree that we all teach what we need to learn. So I'm, I'm, I'm still learning it, I'm still teaching it, and I'm still learning it. And over the last year, after a um, two-year hiatus from being in a, a long-term relationship, I began dating. And I met a man online, and I would say we emailed, it can be a little dangerous, for over a week, and that on a scale of 1 to 10, it was about a 17. And I was delighted to meet him, and we went to a restaurant, and it was lovely, I think we liked how the other one looked. It was, it, it was a very positive experience. And me being who I am and trying to live my life on the authenticity channel, shared with him something that I had had one little concern about. He, in his online profile, one of his pictures had a glass of, one or two of his pictures had a glass of wine. And he had said something about an ideal date being over a glass of wine. I will admit that for most people this would be a non-event, but there is a history in my background of having to deal with a, an alcoholic in a, a family member, and so it is a trigger for me. So thinking that this would just be, you know, a Nancy Dreyfus simple moment of clearing as if I was just presenting a sweet flashcard, I shared this with him, in a sense wanting to be reassured and just saying that it's a worry of mine hoping that he would say something. And what did he say? He said to me in a less than nice voice, a man that I actually, I really liked, a very decent man. He got a little defensive and he said to me, you have got to be kidding. So everybody kind of track me that you're in an open space, cozy, and now I feel myself, on I feel shame because what I'm hearing in his, you've got to be kidding, I'm hearing you uptight prig, what's wrong with you? Somebody has a glass of wine and you're making a federal case, of, case about it. I didn't think I was making a federal case about it. I was checking something out actually because I liked him and I didn't want to have to worry about it. So I tracked 
So for my clients and for this conversation, I tracked what happened inside of me when I didn't feel received. I felt shame. I felt small. I felt disappointed. And I could watch a younger Nancy want to immediately apologize. Okay, so that one of the things we do in conflict is we will give ourselves away. All we want to do is feel close, close, close and pretend it didn't happen. And I knew that that was not what I wanted to do. That did not feel right. And then another way of managing my feeling diminished is I could go into therapeutic smart-ass attack. And so often our brittleness or our combativeness is really managing our more vulnerable feelings. And I, I, actually, I, I actually hope people will be gentle. I had the thought, managing my shame, of saying, of saying to him, you know what? Alcohol is so important for you. Why don't you, I'm going to leave right now and you can go order a drink. The thought did enter my mind with all of my consciousness. And that's probably because I liked him. And I, I, I walked my talk. I got very, very quiet and said, what is really your most authentic truth right now? And I said something which most people don't say, but it's usually there. And I looked at him and I said, I want you to know I was looking forward to this evening. And I'm feeling sad because right now I'm just feeling afraid of you. Just imagine that. I'm just... Notice I didn't say you're scary. You you see the difference, Andrea? I didn't say you're scary. I just said, 20, 22 minutes into the date, I'm afraid of you. He said to me, I'm not going to bite. He dropped down, and I said to him, you already have. And then I said, I wasn't accusing you of anything. I just wanted you to know what I was worried about. And I think because I dropped down and was vulnerable... And he really heard I was scared. He rose to the occasion and he said, and I took it personally. And within a minute or two, he said, could we start again? So what happens with the flashcard? So what I was doing is like if I had my book with me, maybe I would hold up a flashcard about, you know, saying I'm feeling angry. But that's what the flashcards do. They offer you the option between disappearing and going combative. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I want to say something about meta-messaging. I'm not sure our audience knows what that means. So uh, you talked about, when you were talking to your date, you talked about getting to the most authentic truth inside of you. Yes. And so I want to see if you can correlate the meta-message with that. We just have a few more minutes before break, but I think we can do this before break. Thanks. Okay, let me think for a second. The... The message I was actually giving him in that moment, which, you know, it's interesting, um, and I'm going to answer the question. My initial verbalization, I want to check out this fact about you, was one level of saying, this relationship is important to me, and I want to know all the facts. But when I was able to say, I'm feeling afraid of you, I was saying, I care about you, really that there's an energy when we're in a vulnerable space that actually is saying, I want to be close to you and I want you to know me. And at an unconscious level, and this was a a, a guy who had been fairly defensive, you know, three minutes before, at an energetic level, 
when people really hear that kind of vulnerability, they feel invited to come into their own vulnerability. So the message that I think I was giving him is, I want you to know me. Right. Which is different from, I want to interview you. Right. Absolutely. And the, and the fact we call it a meta message, that's a transpersonal term, which basically means that we've reached, we've reached down to something more authentic, more uh, uh, to what some people would refer to as a higher self, although I don't, I'm not comfortable with those terms. But it's a, it's a, a message that comes from r- real truth. Correct. And you know, in the, in the course of using the book, if a couple is in the midst of an upset and one person momentarily leaves the field because, you know, like in a perfect world, everybody would always be having my book by their side (laughs) in their glove compartment or by their side, but people don't always have the book right with them. People say to me, you mean in the the midst of an upset, I'm going to go get this book and do this thing, and I want to actually address that point because I think it's a crucial point in making this work. Everybody think of when they were in an, an impossible interaction with someone. Can you imagine how cared for you would be if the other person so switched gears that they left and they got the book? And speaking of meta-message, they're saying we can do better than this. Absolutely. And we're going to stop right there and come back in just a minute right after the break. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get more clear about these meta-messages. So stay tuned for more. This is a great conversation. We'll be right back. Sure. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We are all searching for a deeper meaning in life. The possibility exists to create our life from the perspective of our true divine nature, where the experience of joy, love, abundance, freedom, and peace is our birthright. On the Inner Frontier, host Darlene Green presents a new topic every week with a high-frequency conversation to support a gentle revealing of the divine that is unique to you. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel for The Inner Frontier. Tune in every week for Blooming in the Light. Host Marie Helen Turin will take you on a journey of personal growth and happiness. By using her experiences and those of her guests, she shows you that challenges in your life are really blessings in disguise. Whether you're facing aversion in parenting, education, spirituality, or other life experiences, we're here to show you a broader and lighter side. Blooming in the Light can be heard every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers, but are looking for more? The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse, brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality. Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on the 7th Wave Channel. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. 
listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today to Nancy Dreyfus about her wonderful book, Talk to Me Like I'm Someone You Love. But before we go any further, I want to tell you about the Super Soul sessions that you can watch and listen to on OWN TV at TV slash supersoul dash sessions. This series offers live shows in which people like Shaka Senkor, Cheryl Strayed, Carrie Washington, Chris Carr, Eckhart Tolle, Deepak Chopra, Marie Forleo, and others tell us about their own experiences of the soul. The Super Soul Sunday series is in, is in repeat mode now, but you can go to Super Soul TV and watch entire sessions as they occurred live right now. So you can go online to supersoultv.tv slash supersoul, one word, dash sessions and watch the whole thing. Um, all the shows are on, up on that page, and you can just click on one of them and watch it all the way through. All right, so today we're talking to Nancy Dreyfus about her wonderful book, Talk to Me Like I'm Someone You Love, which is meant to be a relationship repair in a flash because she uses flash cards to help us get to uh, the truth of what's really going on in, inside at least one of the individuals in a dynamic. So um, I wanted to talk about what you said um, in the in, uh, just before, I mean, a little while before the break about... Um, this idea that we don't we 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 hear the tone in somebody's voice not and hear that more than we listen to the words that someone's saying and that's why the flashcards work so why is it that we hear the tone of voice more than we hear the words because if we're endangered the way that whoever however we were created in order to survive looking for danger that we will hear a message, and we're actually scanning for insincerity so that we're not tricked in a way. It's sad, actually, when you think about it, Mm -hmm. because what happens when a couple is upset, you can imagine a time when you really want to apologize for someone, but you're still feeling a little protective. I, I could want to apologize to someone, and there's still a little part of me that's afraid that feeling I'm giving in too soon, I really wanted you to apologize first, feels a little weak. So I make a tentative gesture toward repair, a tentative gesture towards apologizing and saying, you know what, I really don't like how I was. But my heart isn't 100% in it. I, I think as couples trust each other more, you can make those tentative steps and your heart doesn't have to be completely in it. But when there's been a lot of trust, it's hard to trust. So... The, the word that I used before is the pristinity of the message. It's amazing to me how quickly it, goes, it brings people to where they actually want to be, which is where they actually want to trust. That's an, that's an amazing thing, that they actually want to trust, but their fight-or-flight response is arguing against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting how the visual, as opposed to the aural, fits in there too. That's just me thinking out loud. But I, I think that when we switch from from an auric activity to a visual activity, that might make the difference as well. Actually, I have a great example of it for anybody here who has children. 
imagine that your child is balking brushing their teeth. Okay? So imagine there's a little annoyed voice. You're saying, "Will will you go brush your teeth? And then instead of doing that, you just hold up a picture of a toothbrush. You feel the difference? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cue instead of an, a command that you'd right. have to defend yourself. Right, and the person against. doesn't feel controlled, and the, they're not hearing the voice tone, and they're not hear. They're they're feeling more invited. There's a there's a a, a thing along these lines that I'd I'd really like to sh- to share. Imagine that you are driving on a highway, and what looks like a crazy person at 110 miles an hour dashes by you. And you feel complete rage and you think that that person is a maniac. I don't know if this has ever happened to anyone and it has happened to me. Five minutes later, I find myself driving parallel with that person. He rolls down his window shade. He puts his hand to his mouth and kind of rolls his eyes in an embarrassed gesture. And he sa- he, I hear his voice. I can lip read. He goes, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. In wow. a nanosecond, in a nanosecond, we have gone from seeing that person as dangerous to actually, I now wave him ahead of me. We, I roll my eyes. We have now become comrades. Why? And this is also related to meta message. The unconscious me thinks I originally got angry at him or thought he was crazy because he almost killed me. What we find when we look at the repair is the real reason, what we would call the, un- we shrinks would call the unconscious reason, why I got angry at him is because he treated me like an object. As soon as he slowed down his car and said, I'm sorry, he saw me as a person and my anger disappears, which brings us back to what the real healing is in terms of these messages, because I'm recognizing your humanity rather than wanting to undermine your argument or be right. I I have a flashcard I happen to like, number 44. You are not being crazy. I can see why you'd be upset with me. Mm -hmm. Just um, everybody imagine somebody holding up a card that said that to you. You are not being crazy. I can see why you'd be upset with me. What has happened in that moment is the opposite of a conflict because I have entered your world. Notice we might still have two different points of view of what camp we wanted to send our child to, okay? Mm -hmm. The conflict has not, the content has not been handled, but I'm recognizing your reality, and that's what so many of the cards do. In the, uh, I I presume, you know who John Gottman is? Yes. John Gottman, for people who don't know, is probably the world's most famous researcher on couples. He has a lab where he can wire couples up, know exactly what they're feeling in a very subtle way, and tell you with 95-96% accuracy whether the couple is going to be with each other, um, whether the couple is going to be with each other in uh, um, in five years. Mm -hmm. And... um, one of the things his research has shown that as soon as somebody feels seen, they melt. That that's really, really all they are all they are really asking for. Yes. Yes, I agree with that completely. We, we, we want our partners in particular, the people that we're closest to, to really see us and hear us. We don't want to be 
a nobody to them. Absolutely. I, I realize why I brought up John Gottman, and I had spaced out for a second, and I now can tell you why I brought up John Gottman. Okay. John Gottman has written independently of this, and then he actually did research on my flashcards. In his research on healthy couples, that what healthy couples do is in the midst of conflict, they automatically um, acknowledge the, some goodwill between them. So in the midst of a conflict, a healthy couple, not using Nancy Dreyfus's flashcards, will say, I know this is hard to hear. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a lovely thing. In the midst of the conflict, they will say something like, I know we're going to get through this and I'm going to buy you a piece of cheesecake. <laughs> yeah. So that what he calls those are repair mechanisms. And so what I feel I, I'm called to do here on the planet is show people how they can actually create friendly conflict. The conflict, Andrea, isn't because we have different points of view about something. It's because we don't feel the other person is holding space for our reality. Yeah, and we and and that we if we don't get to that place where we can get to resolve and so, and 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 get to the end of a fight and actually have a resolve for the argument, or at least some kind of friendly space as you're talking about, then we we have the same argument over and over and over and over and over again. It, it reminds me. I don't know whether anybody has ever said this to you before. What are the three most important words to create a loving relationship? And most people automatically say, I love you. Okay? Right. I'm going to tell you in my world what the three most wonderful words are. Is there more? Everybody is there more? Is, is there, there more? more? I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Right. What is it that's so delicious, Andrea, about is there more? Well, I mean, it, it says that we're in the midst of this, this um, paradigm here, and we can't see beyond it. So is there more than this paradigm? Well, it's also in the midst of an upset. If I say to my partner, is there more? I'm giving them a message. They're not on borrowed time. This would be another example, though. I think we should probably not use such an abstract word as meta message. But if you and I are having an upset and you've shared what you're upset about, and I say to you, is there more? Is there more? Oh, I'm here. It's yeah, I got you. Yeah. You've got it. It's saying yeah. to you that you're not on borrowed time and that what I'm really wanting is for you to have a delicious experience that you can speak your truth. Yeah. I, I say something, maybe I'm being a little provocative, but I mostly believe it, that there's a very fine line between whether I'm in love with my partner on the day I'm in love with him or in the moment I'm in love or I'm in love with the experience I have with Nancy when I'm in his force field. So that if you really, what most people do in relationship is they're wanting you to be connected. I'm wanting you to be connected to me. I want us to be connected. What's really a a loving thing to do is to be able to want your partner to be connected to themselves, and then they'll love you forever. Right. Give your partner the space to be connected to themselves, and then they will feel real to themselves. I had an experience with, uh, 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 well, I'll just, I, I'm not going to pretend it's a client, it was me. With a man, we were really getting very, very close. And he said probably what could be the worst thing to say to me. I had a, a mother who was class clown, and I was the bookworm. And I had the cute, funny, playful, pretty younger sister. So I was the bookworm, and they were the fun ones. And we are falling in love, and he says to me, 
I can't believe I feel so much for you, but I'm worried that you're not going to be enough fun. Mm. I can't begin to tell you years ago what that was to say to Nancy Dreyfus. Wow. You know, sh- shoot me now. Really? Yes. It was, it was very, very hard to hear. And so the trick in a moment like that is to say that's really hard to hear as opposed to getting defensive. But tell me more. And he went on and on. He had come from a relationship with an enormous amount of money. Uh, on Thursday, he wanted to golf in Scotland. On Saturday, he could. I have a full-time practice. I don't take, I don't take off. And I'm not a party girl. That's just kind of how it is. And you know what happens in a moment like that, which in many situations, if consciousness is not brought to bear, it becomes a complete horror show. He learned that his ability to speak his truth, which was new for him, to be able to actually say something that would hurt me, actually might be better than having the most fun girl on the block. And you know what I learned? I learned I could be loved without having to be the most fun girl on the block. But what happens is people are terrified of being in that space. Yeah, It's a beautiful thing to give somebody the space to speak their truth. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember that uh, in the movie Avatar, the way the uh, people from the other planet told each other that they loved each other was not in I love you, but I see you. Oh, I, I forgot yeah. that, but thank you. Yes. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it really is really, really important to see and hear your other part, your partner, so that, and, you know, we talk about that in active listening, and I know that many of our listeners have, have been to workshops or training episodes where they have heard about active listening, uh, but you've added another element to that today, that it's not just listening, it's also seeing, that, you know, these flashcards can be held up and it removes the, the, the tone of voice from your dynamic, which comes from your unconscious protective side, and it allows you to just speak the message that your heart wants to speak, which is uh, what you've called a meta-message or, or an authentic truth. Yes. I want to tell you, Andrea, how I often begin couple sessions. Now, if a couple is really in crisis, I don't do this. But if they're not absolutely in crisis, this is what I do. I have one of the partners say to me, they're, they're, you know, anybody who comes to couples therapy, they don't want to be there, and they're hoping you will cure them in two weeks mm-hmm. and get them back to the romantic phase. And I surprise them a little where I have one of the partners say to me, Nancy, this is really hard for me to say to you, but you have antlers growing. I'm pretty sure you have antlers growing out of your head. <laughs> and I respond by saying to them, you know, I don't, I looked in the mirror before this session. I don't think I have antlers growing out of my head. But if it looks to you like I have antlers growing out of my head, that must be terrifying. And then I look at the couple and I say, that is a skill because every part of me wants to say to him, are you out of your mind telling me that I have antlers growing out of my head? Mm -hmm. But if you can enter your partner's world and not make it about you, which is also a spiritual discipline, I would say, that you're less involved with your ego and you're more involved with truth and love. That's the skill for having a relationship, that someone is saying it looks to me like you have antlers growing out of your head and you don't freak out. So I said that, I look at the couple and I say that's what you have to learn how to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that is it. and That's it in a nutshell, to be able to hear and see the other party from, you know, where they're coming from, not from where you want them to come from. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, so we have a, a minute or two left before the break. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a a, a flashcard and ask you to tell me more about it. So sure. here's one: When you treat me this way, it feels like you don't respect me. Is that true? Wow did did you like that card? I just pulled it up out of the. I just opened the book and randomly picked that one. Okay, that is a lovely card. Rather than feeling disrespected. Or shamed. If you can, there's a wonderful phrase, if you're lying on the floor, no one can throw you out of the bed. Mm -hmm. So rather than getting combative and getting upset with the partner, you're not respecting me. What you're actually asking the partner to do is rather than be hostile, which what he or she was probably doing, I know I was about to say he, but he or she was probably doing, is you're, you're bringing the relationship into truth Rather than me having a fantasy that you're disrespecting me, you tell me what it is you're really feeling because I'm kind of feeling disrespected, but I'm putting the ball back in your court. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Yeah, because what that does is allow the, the other party to own what's theirs instead of us making assumptions and telling them what they feel. I call yeah. that bridging the gap. We're bridging the gap between ourselves and other people by by. Uh, the illusion that I know what you're thinking. Yes. You know, so, a clean uh, interaction, um, Andrea, might be, I'm making up right now that you're hating me. Absolutely. I'm feeling hated probably because I did something I'm embarrassed about. Okay? okay. So I'm projecting my guilt onto you. I'm making right. up that you're hating me right now. And then okay, the so let's, let's take a break on that, and we'll come back and talk about okay. hating me right now Sorry. in just a few minutes. We'll be right back. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. The divine lives within every one of us. Some people just need help unlocking it. Once you understand your own shadow self, you can begin to take steps to say goodbye to remorse, guilt, and shame. Then, own up to living your life with great delight. Listen for Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting with host Jim Stacy. For 15 years, Jim has studied the Aramaic language, the non-religious language of Yeshua. And through that language, you can learn how to choose the life you want to live and live above smallness and the victim. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. Visionary. 
This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're coming back to Nancy Dreyfus in just a minute. But before we do that, I want to tell you about the American Institute of Holistic Theology. AIHT offers degrees in interfaith and interspiritual educational programs that enable you to not only find your own authentic spirituality, but to bring your unique gift to the world in service upon graduation. At AIHT, you can get a master's, doctorate, or ministerial bachelor's degree, and the doctoral programs are broken down so that you can get a Ph.D., a doctor of ministry, or in the holistic theology program, a doctor of theology degree. The programs in which you may get these degrees are holistic theology, holistic health, holistic ministries, metaphysics, and parapsychology. These courses offer depth and meaning to not only your own spiritual search for truth and peace, but to your capacities to bring your healing, loving, guiding gifts to the world. What's most important to AIST's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality by utilizing as your text writing teachers spiritual experts from all over the world. You can learn more about what's offered by going to www.aiht.edu or if you'd like to talk directly to the admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. That's 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. And we're talking to Nancy Dreyfus today about her beautiful book, Talk to Me Like I'm Someone You Love. Uh, and we were talking just before I interrupted you uh, at the break to, um, about this whole idea of feeling hated. Right. Well, it's the whole idea of checking out a perception. So a clean interaction in my mind is I say to my partner or my friend or anyone, I'm making up, that's a good word to use, I'm making up that you're hating me right now. And the other person might go inside and say, you know, there's a part of me that's hating you right now. That could be a friendly interaction. If your orientation point is that we're going to be authentic with each other and you understand a underutilized concept, Andrea called parts. If somebody says a part of me is hating you right, hating you right now, I can hear that. A part of me feels lonely right now, and I am here to introduce to the world the value. It's a wonderful step in being able to be authentic with people that you can almost say anything. A part of me is feeling that right now. What happens is, is if I'm just saying I'm hating you, it feels so black and white, and it feels so um, not porous. But to be able to just say a part of me is feeling something is a very... enriches a relationship and gets more of you to show up and it actually can be intimate if you're not afraid of the word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, because what that recognizes, just like you said, is that there's more than one voice going on. I, you know, we called it the committee. There's a committee of voices in there, and you know, we get to hopefully be the chairperson of that committee. But beautiful. But beautiful. it's you know, there's lots of different voices in there, and we get to hear from each one of them inside of ourselves if we're really listening. So it, it, it's I'm, I'm kind, of, kind of smiling over here because often when I talk about this, one of the voices people have listening to me is like, am I going to really use this in real time? And I would really like to address this and give people a little perspective. Sure, please do. If you need money and you're going to, you need to go to the ATM machine and there are four people in front of you, do you decide that you don't need money? <laughs> you, know, you like stand there until it's your turn. Right? That could conceivably, normally it doesn't take 10 minutes, but it could take six or seven, right? You and your partner have had the same painful interaction 47 times or over a 20 year period. By the time a couple has been with each other two years, they've, they've had some very, usually some very painful interactions, certainly by three. And I really want to say to people, in terms of motivation to do this, to be willing to take what usually would be 90 seconds to go get the book and actually use it would be such a blessing because what you're doing in the moment to do this is not only are you stopping the current rupture, you're reminding you and your partner that there's really love between the two of you. So that if you have a few experiences that you can quickly go from crazy to cozy, you're going to get excited about the relationship again. I recommend that when people buy the book, and by the way, just to clarify something, the book is also the flashcards. The book has 127 flashcards, one on each page, with an essay on the opposite page, and you hold up the page in the book as a large flashcard. There's a smaller product of 64 small cards, like a deck of cards, that you might, let's say, want in the glove compartment of your car, though you certainly don't want the... Though there are enormous amount of fights in cars. Anybody who drives with a partner, what route to take? We should have gone this way. You were late. Um, We don't flash them to the partner, um, but people do keep them in their glove compartments. Um, What I recommend is that when you get the copy of the book, you read through the, the table of contents, and almost always you will see phrases that you think to yourself, oh, my God, that would have been so useful last week. That would have been so useful because usually you're going to have the same argument. So you might want to put tabs, little check marks, circle numbers because they're all, um, you know, they're numbered. They're in different sections. We have sections shifting gears, setting limits, feeling vulnerable. And in the latest edition of the book, um, we have two new chapters, Making Love and Deepening Trust. And in case anybody is curious what a Making Love flashcard um, sounds like, I'll read a couple. I want to make love but only if you were liking me. I'd love it if we could go slow. Men really like this one. When you give me the message that you think I'm just a guy looking to get laid, it feels like you don't see me. Talk about wanting to feel seen. And this one, I know I behaved badly, but I don't want to have sex just to make it up to you. Can we clear things first? Always, over and over again, all of the messages are bringing truth and authenticity into the interaction and giving a message to your partner, I really, really like you and want to like you more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Because what those do is take the awkwardness out of a moment. 
Yeah. And I think one of the biggest problems in relationship is that awkwardness. Just when you're on the boundary between yourself and intimacy, you, you feel awkward and you're not sure you really want to take that leap into intimacy because it's scary. I so. love that. I, I so appreciate your making a public point of that. One of the things I sometimes do teasingly with clients, I, I have them say to, say to me, Nancy, what am I paying you for? What am I really paying you for? Yeah. And I say to particularly my clients who pay higher fees, and I say to them, you know what you're paying me for? I have the hardest job. I have the second hardest job on the planet. I have to sell you on discomfort. That's my job. I have to get you to see that being in the space you're talking about, by the way, in case anyone is interested, though it doesn't have to do with my book, I think the hardest job from people I've worked with are financial planners when their clients are losing money. Mm-hmm. It's a very hard job. It's not a job that I would like. But what I need to do is to sell people on, to let people see if they're willing to be in that awkward moment, they can create magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and to and to, to find a way to put words into the breach of that awkward moment makes a real difference. And yes. doing it visually, as you've talked about in these with these flashcards, is a really cool way of doing it. So I'm real glad that you came up with this method. I have already passed your book on to uh, several clients, and uh, we have talked about some of these messages. And uh, so, yeah, we're I'm selling your books. Oh, <laughs> that, that feels that feels wonderful. And the truth yeah. is, I would say. Half the people who get the book actually use the flashcards and hold them up, and many people just read the book, and it gives them tons of ideas. They say, I, I never thought of saying that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I never thought of saying it. Yeah, we just don't think we have the right to speak from our deepest authenticity. I, I have a, a flashcard in the new section, Deepening Trust. I know you feel awful, but it's not enough. I need you to really, really know what it was like for me. Actually, you know, that certainly would be very relevant. You know, if, let's say, you know, it's pretty serious if there's been an infidelity. But Absolutely. Sometimes people don't know that they have the right to say, one, I'm sorry wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. But if they have the power of the flashcard and it gets through to the person, you know, it feels it can be incredibly, incredibly empowering. Yeah, and I have literally had people say that on my therapy couch that would say to their partner, you know, you've told me you're sorry a hundred times, but you still don't seem to hear me or something to that effect. But you're right. The tone of voice they're using is angry and the person is hearing anger. They're not hearing what they're saying. I mean, we could talk forever about it. It's because what heals isn't the apology. What heals is me knowing that you actually know how humiliated I felt. Right. And if we're talking about an affair, what I need you to know is that I was humiliated and that you broke, you ruptured a fantasy or a belief I had that this could never happen. Yep. Yep. But something and, between us that I thought was pure was tainted. Yes. And, and it's also about being seen again, isn't it? Yes. That whole thing of just being seen. Yeah. And I'll just say one more thing, and I, I guess we're, I'm looking at the time we're coming into the close about being seen. Oh, we have we're in the midst of a combative, icky, mean-spirited interaction, and I go and show the flashcard to you, I'm really, really saying that I want you to be seen, and I want us to connect. 
It's, it completely changes the energy. I have to be honest, I don't even understand why it's so powerful. You know, I've spent 30 years thinking about this, and sometimes it's just unbelievably magical. And the best way to understand it is that, and I want everybody to hear it, is that underneath all the combat in the world, we think of the Middle East, we think of ISIS, we have some hor- horrifying things going on in the world, that the truth is is that all people would want to do is really love if they felt safe. And so that the flashcard is a mechanism for inserting that safety so you can do what you always wanted to do in the first place, which is to just love that person. And, and be loved by that person most. And be loved yeah. by, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and the and I think what this does is enhance, what, what your book does very well is enhance our capacity to uh, get closer to ourselves as we're trying to get closer to someone else. Yes. I mean, that's what you just said is the essence. It's that in my willingness, if we think of my example from the beginning of this interview, of just saying, I'm feeling scared of you, mm-hmm. I'm feeling afraid of you, I was connected to myself, and that I automatically connected to the other person. I sometimes say to people, it sounds a little provocative, but think about it my fellow metaphysician, that there's no such thing as having a relationship with another person. There's just having a relationship with myself in your force field. There's just having a relationship with Andrea in the other person's force field. And that really is the atomic substructure of intimacy, um, Andrea. Yeah. And everything else that we assume is but that, an assumption. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, and let me ask you this: um, Would you mind telling the listening audience somewhere, some way they can connect with you and anything you've got coming up that they might want to know about? Sure, sure. The best way to connect with me and find out more about this is to go to my website, Nancy Dreyfus, D is in dog, R E Y F is in Frank, US dot com. You can order a copy of the book um, from Amazon from the website, and you can download some free flashcards. And you can read a Valentine's Day blog I did a, um, a year or two ago that's one of my favorite pieces of writing, asking men whether on Valentine's Day they'd want a romantic evening or a criticism-free day. Andrea, what do you think most men chose? Criticism-free day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So Nancy, it would be nancydreyfus.com, and I have just started writing for another website you can actually see my profile there called yourtango.com. But the best place to go would be nancydreyfus.com. Yeah, because are you connected to your tango on, on there? Yes. Can you link? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good, good, yeah. All right, so nancydreyfus.com. And uh, is there anything that we have missed that you'd like to communicate before we go? Yeah, people sometimes say, people sometimes say, you know, if you're creating intimacy, how can you do it like with a card that you didn't even come up with? And I think it's a point worth addressing that the, if what the real desire is is just to connect with another person, whoever dreamed up the message doesn't really matter. I can't fabricate the connection or the melting that's going to occur between you and your partner. You have to bring sincerity to bear. If you're using the card just to shut your partner up, it's not going to work. If there's an element of sincerity that you need to bring to it where you're truly wanting this to be a healing and sacred moment. 
If you're truly wanting it to be a healing sacred moment, you might not even need to find the perfect card. And just as an aside, there are people who have told me that sometimes they just flip through the book and they realize that's the card they need to show. So I, I invite people to experiment with it and get back to me about what they've learned through using the messages. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Nancy, for being on the show today. I, this has been a beautiful conversation. It's a beautiful book. I highly recommend that people, the listening audience buy it. And so thank you again for being on the show. It's, my, it's, a, it's been a pleasure being interviewed by you. Thanks. All Bye-bye. right. And bye-bye. We're going to be back again next week, so I want to be here for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week. 